This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. That's right, and this podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. BeatSource is the new digital music service for all you open format DJs out there. It is made by DJs for DJs. Um, So many amazing things are happening on there. Recently, we were able to announce some massive, game-changing, leveling-up news that um, we have made agreements with specific labels and more to come where we are going to have edits, officially licensed DJ edits, intros, outros, so much more to come. I mean, the sky is the limit with this stuff, but um, it's going to be official, you guys. BeatSource has BeatSource links, so you're able to DJ off the cloud, but also is going to have uh, deals with all the labels, so we're going to be able to have legally licensed edits. So um, hit the site for more info. There's an article in Billboard magazine that breaks it all down. It's so exciting. This is just the beginning, you guys. I'm telling you, get on BeatSource. It is the future. It's the future of of the way we're going to be able to DJ um, and get music and all that stuff. Okay, so get on there. And uh, now I want to let you guys know what is going on. Um, I have been on Twitch doing my thing. I got to do this special pop-up this week. That was so much fun. I did Y2K on a Wednesday. Got to play sets from uh, songs from 2000 to 2010. Had such a great time. Uh, Find me on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash DJ Spider. D-J-S-P-I-D-E-R. Find me on Instagram at DJ Spider. Spelled out the same way. D-J-S-P-I-D-E-R. And hit me on the DM if you want to talk about any of this stuff. Um, Let me know what you think about the podcast make sure you rate and review let us climb the charts thank you guys for the support all my beat sorcerers i really appreciate it and um i want to let you know about uh the person that we have on the show today okay uh the song that you're hearing in the background is the instrumental from the title track of his new ep super dope this track is featuring Kahlo. if you don't know who she is well you should she's She's really dope. And uh, she's on this track. This is the instrumental, though. Super funky. Um, and, um, you know, this person has such an interesting story. Like, I had such a great time getting to know today's guest. Uh, his positive energy is infectious. His music is dope. He's a really, really well-accomplished DJ and producer, especially for someone as young as he is. Um, he's a Haitian DJ and music producer as well. So, uh, he like makes a point to include his culture and his heritage in the music that he's putting out, um, especially with this EP. He's really taken it to the next level with that. Uh, we discussed this EP, which was just released, and uh, I think this is something that everyone should hear. It's very unique. It's really cool. Um, and before this EP, he had won a Latin Grammy with J Balvin. He's toured. He went on a huge North American tour with J Balvin. Uh, Him and J Balvin have created a song that was used for the 2018 World Cup. He's played virtually every major festival that there is, as well as throwing his own uh, major festival that was highlighting Haitian artists. We talk about it in this episode. Um, He's also actively working with the Grammys to change the connotation that's associated with world music 
and give global music uh, the shine and credibility that it deserves. Because, I mean, in this day and age, in 2021, pop music is global music. We're all together. The internet is bringing us all together. And um, I think that he's someone that really, really represents that and shows that. Um, his story is absolutely amazing. I had so much fun learning about it, talking to him, getting to know him better. Um, and he gives us so much valuable insight in this episode. I mean, he he was going to be a doctor. He was pre-med, and then he went into music. The amount of stuff that you'll be able to learn from this episode, I think, is huge. I had a great time, so I'm excited for you guys to check it out. Let's get into it right now. I would like to welcome Michael Brunn to the podcast. Let's go. We got Michael Brunn on the 20 podcast. What is happening? Welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I was just dealing with some things before this, but I'm happy we finally got to make this happen. So thank yeah. you for being here. Yeah, of course. Um, I know uh, you're coming to us from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I, you told me yes. before. <laughs> yeah, nice, I am. And nice. It's uh, freezing, but still really good vibes. Right, right. Way different. Yeah. And uh, I think you mentioned before that you used to live in Miami for six years, right? Yeah, and I now... did. I did. So it was like the biggest shift from living in Miami to New York. But I, I actually really love both cities. And I think right now, like my headspace is really in New York. So it makes sense. Yeah, good. That's good. Uh, I feel like New York's a good place for like making music. I don't know why, but it's like... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's You're like, just in, you know, especially with the snow right now, you could be in. But just the vibe, like you could just get inspiration just by walking around. No, that's exactly it. And I, I think like when I was little, I always used to see New York in movies and TV in Haiti. And um, one of the it's like Home Alone 2 version of New York. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like huge city and a lot of really fun stuff. It's like a giant playground. And I think right. that uh in some ways, it ended up being exactly that. In other ways, like I, I had no idea about like how much culture and diversity there is all over the place. And I, I think especially for me, like I love that so much. I love like finding out about new cultures and food and like using all of that those experiences to make music. So it's like it really is the perfect city for me <laughs> right now. Yeah. Oh, that's so dope, dude. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're in Brooklyn. It's one of my favorite places. That's where that's where my mom's from too. So I got a little family awesome. connection. I don't know. That. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I got Brooklyn in my blood a little bit, but um, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm born and raised in LA. That's where I'm calling you from. So we got the cross country connection. Um. <laughs> But um, yeah, I'm so happy that you're on the show. Um, you know, I think that um, there's probably tons of people that know a lot about you. And then there might be parts of our audience that that don't know much about you. So I'm excited to share uh, your history as a DJ and then and as a producer and then also show kind of your journey and your growth and what you're trying to do now um, with connecting your you know, um, heritage and your musical culture into what you're putting out as of, um, yesterday you released an EP this week. Um, so this, EP, this podcast will come out next week, but basically when people are listening to this, you released an EP last week. 
Um, and it is so dope. Um, I absolutely love it. I was telling you earlier, like, um, we got to listen to it Monday with some of the DJ city and beat source people on a zoom. And that was really fun and cool to, to hear you talk and, and all that. And then since then I got it on Spotify and I was listening through and I'm like, yo, this is so, and I got it on beat source. So plug for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, super dope. Actually, in reality, I'm going to DJ, I'm going to stream tonight and I'm going to drag the tracks in my, um, my beat source folder and see if I'm able to, to play Fire. a couple of them on my track, on my stream tonight. So let's good, go. Good plug. <laughs> good yes. Plug right there. <laughs> it's the truth. Um, so, um, but yeah, so, so what's the, what's the EP all about? Like, I know you have a specific mission with your music, uh, in 2021. Um, what, you know, where are you approaching it and where are you coming from, uh, with this EP? So this, this EP is called Melanin and the goal behind it was I really wanted to continue to explore the African diaspora and like what that sounds like and culturally what that means around the world. Right. Um, my, my first album that I put out called Local was specifically focused on Haitian music and the way that Haitian music sounds across a bunch of different genres. And so for that project, I got to work with some of the best Haitian artists, both in like the new generation and also like OG Haitian artists. So yeah, that was yeah. really amazing. But then I also got to bring in a few international artists into the into like the, the whole concept. So I had like Major Lazer, Mr. Easy, Adekunle Gold, um, Wynn Butler and Regine, Shasan from uh, Arcade Fire, wow. uh, Preservation Jazz. It was just like wild. It was like a wish list of artists that i wanted to bring on and everybody said yes yeah. crazy so, oh yeah. my so that, god that that album was like an exploration into haitian music and my haitian heritage i'm haitian yeah. and Chinese. and so right. for melanin for this one this new ep um all these artists were friends and i got to connect with them first as friends and then as as collaborators and it was really just like the goal of trying to share their experience through song and it was uh it was so much fun like it, the, the the vibes in each of the songs are so different but also i feel like really interconnected and it goes from like mainland africa to like r&b infused uh like electronic music to then like reggae mixed with like uh haitian rara and then brazilian baile funk and like jazz it's just like it's a really, it sounds crazy. It sounds like a lot of stuff, but I yeah. promise when you hear it, it actually like flows together. Um, and that, yeah, just that to me is global music. I think African culture is, a, it's just everywhere in the yeah. world today and um, a is. huge part of my heritage as well. And I, I think that when, whenever you hear most genres of music today, there's some element that, that can pay homage to that. And so, yeah, the melanin is is the the concept, it's the visual, it's the sound, and um, yeah, hopefully, I get to do a lot more like this. I, I love making music, so this it just makes me happy to get to share it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious that you love making music because it's so like real and genuine the stuff that you put out. You know what I mean? It's um, especially this EP you can really hear all that stuff, and even from just the title, melanin, like that sets a picture in your mind of like just what it is and then uh the first title track 
like is called melanin right the the first track on there and um it just like sets the tone for it it's super dope um uh who's on it's kalo right kalo Uh, yeah kalo who's actually my neighbor (laughs) she's my neighbor that's your neighbor yeah so she's like she's like one of my best friends too and no um, way we met a few years ago through through mr easy and and yeah so she's my literally my neighbor and we we got to link up on a few different things we also put out a song a few years ago called spice and um yeah it's just like fun this is the whole the whole project was just so much fun to put together yeah oh that's a dope neighbor to have it would just be cool to hear her just talk on the phone or something like she has such a cool voice <laughs> yeah a low-key uh secret uh talent of Kalo is she actually did voiceover for a few things and oh. it's like her voice was using like ads and stuff it is wild um i, believe I think she's that. got she has like one of the coolest talking rapping voices but she, she can also sing so i think um yeah, I mean, I learn from her every day. Every time I get to work on something, I, I feel like I right. learn a new, a new aspect of like who she is. Yeah, no, her voice is so cool because you're right. It has that very musical thing, but it's almost like she's rapping and talking, but it's in a key or musically yeah. or something. And and it's like very unique. Like, um, I don't think I've ever heard her on anything that isn't like immediately dope too. like other people's tracks. You know, like I'm like, yep. oh, this is dope. Like she she just instantly brings it up. Uh, to that next level and I think it's a cool track to start it off with especially for DJs like I think what you were saying before about it being in your words so crazy and it sounds insane but I think that speaks a lot to um, the fact that you're a real DJ and you know about real you know just you're pointing out my headphones like those are the headphones that DJs use like (laughs) you know you're you're truly from from that culture as well you know and I think that um do you think that that is why you're able to blend all of these genres and styles and all of these things together in such a seamless, like cohesive way? I I really appreciate that you say it's seamless and cohesive because for me, I'm just like, <laughs> I just like love mixing things together. But yeah, I, th- right. I think my first like true experience with like not playing written music, because I actually started with piano and I used okay. to be violin. So I like played piano violin and I would read sheet music and like go through the process of playing other people's music. And that was great. Like I loved, I loved music in general and both my parents played instruments. And I think like, yeah, the first time that I felt like I was like genuinely creating something was yeah. when I would start DJing and I started DJing with a cracked version of virtual DJ. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was wow. like 13 years old in Haiti. Um, I ended up buying it later. So sorry, sorry, virtual DJ, but in the beginning, that was what good. I had access to, and I thought, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, uh, it was the, it was first the demo version. I remember because it, it would have like the, it had like every fifteen minutes or every twenty minutes, it would have like a, <laughs> like a vocal thing that would like mess up your mix recordings, and um, yeah, like wow. it was. I mean, it, which makes sense, but I, yeah. I made mashups to start, and literally thirteen, fourteen years old, just finding all this like mix of stuff I found online, um, and. I think one of the first mashups that I was really proud of, it was um, a, an electronic beat and then um, Roxanne by the police, the vocal and acapella for that. Oh, yeah. And then I, re- I realized, like, whoa, you can, like, you can, like put them together. And right. it, was, it was a really, like, newbie beat. Like, I just started producing. But I think that when I realized that, that you could like take something that sounded one way, completely flip it 
and also create something and put them together and it was like it almost felt like you were doing something wrong because the song existed <laughs> already but um yeah. yeah just like remix culture and producing culture and djing like it was all it was all like one for me and that's where i started that's a, that's like my true first steps into this right that's so dope and and yeah i know what you mean with that like DJing because there's always some stigma to like even as a producer like oh you use loops or you're using yeah. a, a sample off splice you didn't play everything yourself and I feel like now everything's more accepted but but with all that stuff especially back in the day it was like oh you're just a DJ you're just pressing buttons or that already exists but I'm you know I'm sorry there's something magical about finding these songs and putting them together and creating either a mashup or a remix or a blend or whatever you're making I mean, I have classic blends or mashups in my library, you know, that I like, yeah. I'm like, I can't even hear the song the same anymore. I have remixes of Roxanne that people have done where I'm like, I can't even listen to the original because yeah. I hear, I hear that one. Um, so yeah. And that was definitely the time, um, like I'm supposed to do a, a stream tonight. I was telling you like called Y2K on a Wednesday and it's all songs from 2000 to 2010 and like you can pick anything in that world and so yeah. last night i was going back through some of the songs and speaking of like songs like that i found um i don't know if you remember the temper trap that like of course remember, sweet disposition like, sweet disposition <laughs> exactly, and i found yeah. that and i was like oh shit i forgot about this like i love this a big one, one. <laughs> yeah. that was a big one and i feel like yeah. that was in that time of it was it wasn't a mashup it was a remix but it, no one had really done that yet really like the way i forget who did that big remix like that, i got that look was actually it was it was axwell and dirty south and i actually worked a, a bunch with was. dirty south and really? a lot of stuff so yeah he's like one of the first people that signed my music when that's I first so came cool up, so, dirty yeah. south oh so talented like i remember in the beginnings of when electro and house and whatever all the the edm music was becoming the mainstream thing to play in wow. vegas and play at bottle service clubs um dirty south stuff was some of the the best because yep, it wasn't yep. just so straight ahead you know what i mean he was musical he was funky it was raw it had like dope elements in it that you would hear as a dj and as a producer and it wasn't just like standardized you know like yeah, exactly. beats, it was emotional you know? it had it had heart yeah to it. It was yeah. emotional. Like I remember playing that song in Vegas, super loud and everybody singing it. And it was like a crazy thing, you know, and it was a mixture of rock and, and house. And, um, you know, I think so it speaks to like your Roxanne mashup and, and how that turned you on to the whole process. It yeah. felt like you really did something cool, you know, and, and then now look at what you're doing. You know what I mean? It's, it's brought you to this point you know and i think that's inspirational for probably people listening that are either just djs that want to do that or they're trying to do that and or just starting out or on virtual dj right now you know like yeah yep. how do i do this shit you know so there's so literally there's literally no no uh limitations like one of the craziest things that happened last year during quarantine is somebody sent me a video of this haitian kid that was djing with his phone and he was he had a live stream from wow. uh, another phone right on facebook and it yeah. had like 500 viewers and he was like he's like wow. completely unknown dj doing everything full mixes on his phone on his phone and um yeah and i was just like yo this is so fire like i need to, i need to reach this kid and we we ended up connecting and i brought him on my live and then we had like he played he did a set and it was it was super dope but um 
he he through that like started uh his page and he got a following he got like twenty thousand followers after that thing and just like took off from there and he got bookings and like was doing a bunch of other stuff since so i i genuinely think like for me that was one of the sparks again for djing because it was like especially if you've dj'd in a club or you've dj with a setup and you're kind of like in a routine at that point when you see somebody like do something with the bare minimum and like do some fire mixes from it it's it's super inspiring and it was it was just like so cool to see him figure stuff out that like yeah it, it felt like it reminded me of myself with virtual dj when i was like 13. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. Like DJing, producing and hip hop and what all this stuff's from is that like making something out of nothing, you know, like whatever or whatever you have at your disposal, you just make the best of it. And, and you do start to get caught up in like, oh, I need these plugins or this mic or this thing. But really, if the shit is dope, then the shit is dope. You know, like, that's why I tell people, like, don't get so caught up in the EQing and the compressing and the stuff. Like, I know if I hear something that sounds horrible, but it's dope, I'm going to like it. If I hear something that sounds amazing, but it's whack, it doesn't matter. Like, there's no, no, it's more about (laughs) the vibe, which I know that word's getting played out this point, but but it's true. It's more about the vibe, the feeling, um, you know, and there's no right answer. And we're, we're in this, like, wild west world of like all that stuff and like to hear a story like that where you see the kid doing that he reminds you of himself then you bring him on like i love that you know and that's what it was so cool yeah that's the best like so inspirational what's uh do you want to say his name on here yeah yeah for sure it's uh jb mix on instagram um so he's it's gb gb mix and girl but yeah he's just like yeah he's fire super fire and I was so happy to see him get get a lot of attention after that, and he, a lot of other DJs locally too. Like called him right. out and were like, "Yo, this thing's this is really cool." So yeah, proud of him. That's so cool, and that just speaks to like stuff we say on this podcast all the time. Like a lot of the guests, like you never know who's watching. Like put your all into everything, no matter what. Even if he had three people on there, like you might as well do your best, you know, because you really don't know who's going to be watching and who you'll end up connecting with through it. Exactly. And, If you're doing shit for the right reasons, people will notice you and it will go the right way, you know? And if you're doing stuff for the wrong reasons, it's just going to show through, you know, it's, you're not going to be authentic. Definitely. Um, that's, that's great. Um, and so, so speaking of your past, like you said, um, you grew up in Haiti and your parents were in the music, um, world right uh but you said both your parents played instruments and your dad was yeah. in a band or something right yeah, yeah, can you give yeah. us a little history about um growing up there and um the types of music that you were influenced by growing up there yeah i i loved growing up in haiti um so my my dad's family had, they were from Jacmel in the south and okay. uh, we i grew up in port-au-prince which is like in the center it's the like capital of the country too Right. And um, my, my mom's Guyanese. So they, they both, uh, they met up in Miami, actually, at University of Miami when they were oh, studying. Cool. And then uh, got married, came to Haiti, had me, the firstborn. <laughs> and uh, nice. my dad had a band. And also uh, my family business was like, on my dad's side, is like a hardware store. And so okay. um, that was like the traditional job. But then he loved making music. And, and uh, so his parents were like, 
you should definitely come into the family business but he was like yeah. i want to make music and right. um eventually when he got married he actually did end up doing the family business and so he kind of put aside the music dreams but he had he had some really good success actually um within haiti and in, in the caribbean with with his uh his band it was called skadal and we even okay. had a studio in my house when i was growing up so I, I that definitely affected me without realizing it like yeah just having a studio there with like keyboards and a piano and um and my mom played piano and violin and made sure that all of all of her kids like were in some type of lesson music lesson right so uh yeah it was it was just I, i'm lucky like i had a really supportive family like very musical family they had we had like towers of cds all across the house there were like these these like 40 stack cd towers shaped like houses that you opened it and then it's just had like a bunch of amazing records and That's so um, cool. we had like i think we had like four speaker systems at one point we had like one upstairs wow. one in the room like so my, i mean like my parents really loved it and i just for whatever reason yeah. when you're a kid you just see that growing up and you're like yeah that's normal but yeah i realized later that's not that normal actually to get that that much access to music right um and yeah i was actually um gonna be a doctor so i went to school pre-med like wow i went to davidson college in north carolina um with uh like basically like a full ride i was a bio major um and wow, i was like the path like i was i was gonna do that um and i, I like, worked at hospitals growing up in haiti and did a lot of volunteering and a lot of projects just for the eventually to go back to haiti and, and i wanted to be a pediatrician but oh okay along the way with music i realized i had i had a potential to reach so many people with music and right. my my goal f to be a doctor was really I wanted to give back to my community because I yeah. knew that within my family, being able to go to good, a good school, have a good home, have access to like everything I ever wanted, food and, you know, like traveling and everything. Everything was just like taken care of for me. It was a huge privilege. Right. And it was it was like my parents really reminded me constantly that this is a it's like a responsibility for what I was given that I have to be able to give it back. And so yeah being a doctor was like the, for me that was like the first thing that made sense and i did yeah. love medicine as well and i think that as as the music started just becoming an actual career path it i just made sure that whatever i was going to do in music was going to maintain that same core of of community and service and just like creating as many opportunities as possible and see see the country shine too because it's so much press by haiti's bad and it's actually so misunderstood and that, that was right. like really important to me. I know that's so interesting to, to speak on too, um, is the like bad press type thing, because I think in America, you're right. Like we only have a certain vision of, like from the news of what goes on in Haiti and they'll, they'll just show like a disaster or this and that. But through social media, I'm, I've been able to, see follow people that have been down there live down there have gone down there and like see the real parts of it even if it's just little specks but it's such a different thing like <clears throat> i think we're just shown what people want us to see here you know but but we don't have the right um it's either people know bad things or don't know anything in a way you know so um, yeah 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 i, I think I, I, it's so important to have stories shared like for yeah. for anybody like for me learning about 
even the American experience, right? Like me coming to live in America before yeah. that point, everything I knew about America was what I saw on TV and movies. Like literally, I just had to come up with my idea of the US, which is like a huge place of 300 plus million people and like all right. these different cultures and, and like regions that don't feel anything alike. And I had right. to just assume that what I saw on TV was what it was. And um, I'm just like really happy that I had experiences from friends that told me about it. And then I got to visit, like, I think I've been to a lot of the states in the U.S. now at this point, either for touring or, or getting to visit it. And I think it's just helped me understand it better. And that's hopefully around the world, too, with the Internet. Now that more people are able to share their stories, more people can have, like, a better understanding of, like, oh, wait, this is, like, a way more nuanced version of what what we've been told and we should maybe do a little bit more research yeah i agree we're like coming into such a global uh time for music um that it's it's never been like this before you know even like i i am i'm a father too and i have a son and and he is starting to discover be able to find his own music or find out what he likes you know he's only eight years old but um so he hears a lot of my stuff but (laughs) but but it's it's like what you said like he'll be like i like this group from korea i like this that you know and that didn't exist when i was a kid we we i couldn't find anything from korea it would have to be like some weird reason why i found this record or tape or you know whatever it was but now i mean it's crazy even with the the um netflix and like watching things like we were going through we were trying to find something to watch together this weekend and there was like shows from this country that so many countries like overdubbed and it's that never existed for probably due to the pandemic they need to like be like we need more content we're gonna bring in foreign (laughs) stuff but it was still cool to like watch foreign things with him and and feel like we get a a taste of the other cultures a little bit more than just the straight america you know position um definitely you and know. you feel seen too i think like in terms of artists like for somebody to see an artist that looks like them succeeding like whether it's in music or in yes in film or anywhere in like politics like literally any aspect of of life you see somebody else that that in some way either looks like you thinks like you feels like you know has that relationship yes. It just makes you think it's possible, and I, and I, I never felt at any point that like I didn't have a chance at succeeding. You know, I always felt like if I really work hard and I try and I like don't give up, it's possible, and it's so true. And I, and I, like unfortunately, a lot of people in Haiti and in a lot of other countries around the world, because of lack of representation, lack of like being seen. Yeah. They don't even have the chance to think like that. And I, I really, I, I want to break all those barriers down because I, those are like artificial barriers. And it would, if, if you can think that way, it just allows you to grow and like actually grow into who you're going to be versus like a, a diminished version of, of yourself, which unfortunately is, has been the case for a lot of places around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think people can get in the habit of, um, listening to what other people think about them and then dis- and then agreeing in their own head like this is oh yeah this is what I'm supposed to be like or this is what I can do yeah. but I think what you said is so true like they have to break past that but an important part of that is um, p- 
being able to see the representation. So these big music companies or TV companies, you know, giving chances and to, to people, diverse kind of people and different kinds of music. And, um, that's why I love being able to, you know, come out with all this kind of like, like your EP, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a mix of everything. I think people are going to hear that and go, wow, I've never heard this before, you know, and it's going to inspire them in a new way, um, that they can do, even if it's not Haitian music, they could bring their own music and their heritage into what they love. And even if they're more into hip hop or they're, they're also into EDM, you know, whatever it was, um, I think that's, you know, it's, it's really important what you're doing and, and I'm glad to be able to try to shine a little light on it and I'm going to play the track for people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's super important and and it's really cool. And that's such a great story about your parents. Um, because even me as a father, like, uh, you know, you don't know you're in your own thing. And, and like you said, I'm constantly showing my kid music and I wonder what he's going to be like later you know being around he's, he's gonna he's gonna learn turntables and all this yeah. stuff and you know he wants to be a professional soccer player at this point but we'll see we'll see what happens he'll be a dj soccer player or something but that's not what what clubs does he like or like does he watch international stuff or is it just uh, like- yeah i mean unfortunately i'm not the most sports uh dad and so i don't even know that all of it but i mean he likes you know obviously all the big stars but he likes like mbappe and uh um, yeah yeah uh, you know, Messi and Ronaldo and all the greatest people, but he also yeah. likes some of the more obscure people. And, and, um, I don't want to say the wrong teams and then have people come get me because I know <laughs> no, football, no, no, no soccer can be really bad. <laughs> but, uh, we have our own, you know, in, in LA, we have LAFC and the LA Galaxy. We got our yeah. teams. And then, but yeah, he likes to watch the Premier League stuff and, um, and just world cup and whatever we can find. It's been a learning experience for me because I was never into sports. And then I was, you know, given this amazing athletic child where I'm like, okay, (laughs) uh, I thought you were going to be like into music and all of a sudden you're good at math and you're an amazing athlete. I need to like get used to this, you know? So I've had to, it's crazy. He's like so amazing. All my friends are like, what why is your kid so good at sports i'm like i don't know you know and the other dads on the team like what are you doing with him you know you're working with him at home i'm like no he's just like magical i I don't know like you know we we try to help him and and right now he's at he's my wife's taking him to soccer practice and he's he practices every day nonstop, and he loves it um we'll see how long it goes but but yeah that's really cool though really cool super cool you know i'm trying to just whatever he's into i want to I want to give him the ability to to pursue it, you know, as much as I can. That's my goal as, as a dad, you know, <laughs> as his DJ dad. But he's also good on this. Like we've been doing events for his school on Zoom and making the whole do like dance parties for his school. And he'll get on the mic and he's like the best MC ever. I'm like, how did you learn how to do that? He's like, I'm just making it up. I'm like, yo, what the? So he's got so, he got all the talents from uh, you and his mom. Yeah. So he's just yeah. like yeah i'm like he's gonna he's gonna rule the world my wife went through a similar thing to you too because she went she was pre-med she thought she was gonna be a doctor and then she ended up becoming a fashion designer she was always very creative too so um i understand that that you know perspective but i think yours is so cool because you wanted to be a doctor to help people and to help children obviously as a pediatrician and as a 
musician and a producer and someone that can be on such a level that you're on and that I can see for you going even higher, you'll be able to help even more children and maybe help other doctors to help children. You know, you might be in a even bigger position. So it's not like if somebody were to say, oh, you should have been a doctor. Like, I think your music will be able to help people in even a bigger way, potentially. Yeah, it's been it's been so amazing. Like, I remember like the first four or five years of when I started my career. So this is like 2015, 2014. Mm -hmm. I, at that point, I had enough success in my career to like be able to put on a festival in Haiti. And I was working together with um, this music school. It's like a really amazing music and film school in Jacmel and um, created a fundraiser for with the festival and with a sign that we produced at the school. It's like a beautiful studio. And um, yeah, we raised like 33 scholarships for the year for wow. students from that Amazing. whole process. And that was like, that was the beginning. And like the first thing that I, I remember like being able to work on directly and like planning where I felt that this is worth it. Like as a, as an artist, actually, I'm, I'm able to give back in a way. And it, it really pushed me to just continue building those sorts of opportunities and like working in educational uh just like programs, any anything, whether it's in Haiti or not. But like, I really wanted to hopefully reach out to kids around the age when I was first introduced to DJing and, and producing and music in general. And yeah. even if it wasn't specifically about doing that, but just knowing that like you have options, like if you want to do something creative with your life, like it exists. And like, here's a few examples of what that looks like. And if we can, we're going to re- figure out ways to like sponsor it so that you're able to do that. And so yeah, I got to work with that organization and I got to work with like a bunch of other organizations around like the country focused on like education and healthcare. And like, it's just like, it, it's so crazy that so many doors open in my life with artists through what I was already doing locally. It's like the more focused I got locally and the more focused I got in terms of my, my heritage and understanding like where I come from, who I am, like what I want to stand for that all these other people around the world that like I was fans of, right. And like, I was one day, you know, maybe I could, I could end up working with them. They're like, be so receptive and end up collaborating. And, you know, like it's like doing the world cup song with J Balvin, for example, was like, that was a dream come true. And he was so supportive when I was explaining all the stuff like that I was working on in Haiti. And that's actually where we connected on in the first place. And it's just so crazy to think somebody from Colombia in Latin music, like a superstar (laughs) would have that same attention, you know, to, to community and giving back. And yeah, it's just like wild across the board to see how things have happened. Right. That's so cool. It's almost like a lesson in like the more you uh, give back give out the more will come back to you in a way you know and and it's all this full circle thing and the more you care about yourself and just kind of are selfish everything else will start drifting away but if you're more about your community and lifting up others and um doing things for the right reasons then the right things will come to you and and the people will will notice and also uh just being accepting your uniqueness and your um sort of that everybody's a one of a kind, each individual human, but also people from different places are, I think people have a tendency to want to fit in and be like, 
no, I can do what you do, but you're showing like, this is what we do. And so that that's why I think other people are interested from other cultures, whether they're a superstar or not, it's, um, it can attract them, you know, just like, and it's inspiring and, and seems, you know, like something to learn about and fun. So that's so dope. What's the J Balvin, um, the world, actually that world cup song, probably I listen to it in my house all the time because my son made a whole playlist of like all those world cup songs. And he'll <laughs> nice, just like, nice. I'll be listening to like Jason Derulo, Shakira, like all the yeah. ones like, and we, I like, we'll be driving around. He wants to put it on. He gets all hyped up by it. So I think that one might be on the playlist, but uh, I didn't realize you did that. Yeah. It's called Positivo. That was a really cool one. Um, and it's based off of the song that I was working on, um, and actually released called bio. So bio is the Haitian version of it. And then Positivo is the J Bavin collaborative, like world cup version. Wow. That is huge. And so that was the way you linked up with J uh, J Balvin in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like, through a mutual friend marissa and yeah it was just like I, I didn't know him i just felt like he would like it and yeah marissa was like yeah you know I, I really do think he would like it and she said i'm i'm gonna connect you guys and i was like all right whatever like sure and then <laughs> crazy <laughs> like how many times do people say that right and then of course a couple of days later she gets me back and she's like yo i sent it to jose he loved it like he wants to talk to you and that, that was it we just became really good friends and start working on a bunch of stuff so yeah, wild, wild. I love that. I love that story. And then you produced a song on on his album after that, right? Or have you done more stuff with him? Yeah, so we did, we actually did a, a bunch of stuff now. Um, like I opened for him on his tour. Right. Uh, worked on his last album, Colores. So I, I actually worked on three songs on that album. Got a Latin Grammy. Which <laughs> is like wild. Yo, I know. Yeah, I that's saw like, that. That's amazing. That's like the craziest, yeah, craziest story ever. Got to like go to Colombia and work with the best songwriters and producers and like um yeah just like it's a really family vibe with with his group and his the people right. he works with and mm-hmm. yeah like tiny and sky and all these other people that were there at the for the sessions and yeah, yeah just really it was an amazing experience i feel like i learned a lot about latin music and latin culture through like two and a half years of just working on a bunch of stuff together right that's so cool what was it like going on tour with him where did you guys go um we did a u.s tour so we did a lot it was like 25 dates and actually mr easy it's like one of my best friends in like industry and also just in life in general yeah he's just like i'm such a fan of his music yeah Yeah, he's he's amazing like honestly like my brother and he came to haiti for a show that like a friend of mine was producing and then we we ended up linking up at like a dinner before the show yeah because he's like yo you guys you have to meet each other so i was like i happened to be in the country at that time went over and then we we just started talking and we were like yo we have to work on stuff and um the next the next day uh i like my cousin, the studio gear, because I was like, I was already in New York living here. So my okay. cousin was living in Haiti and he had like studio gear there. And he was like, yo, take it. Go, you know, you guys can set up in the hotel and just like record. And the first song that we recorded ended up being our Arcoiris on J Bobbin's album, which is like, wow. Great. Yeah. So like we, we got the tour, play all those shows. It was, it was stadiums. It was like, we played the forum, we played 
uh, Barclays Center. We played American Airlines Arena, like just like 20,000 person stadium shows. It was like, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, crazy. And were you, um, you said you were opening or you or you actually DJed in his show too? So I, I opened. So it was, um, it was me and Easy. And then sometimes it was just me and yeah, just like DJing pre free him him going up yeah. so it was yeah it was like uh it's just really fun really fun i got to create a lot of like opportunities for like the fusion of what i wanted to create with the global stuff that i'm doing right now is right like, just like really digging deep into like latin music history and reggaeton and like dance hall as well and then everything else with that i was already working on like hip-hop stuff and electronic music and yeah, it, it helped me understand like the palette for what I'm currently doing for sure. Right. It was like almost like an exponential like uh, way like to really fast be able to test your ideas out on like yeah. huge groups of people and like yeah, see, exactly. see their reaction and see what they, you know, like are reacting to or not or, you know, and then you can experiment with like combining the the genres and then sort of know what what you need be back in the tour bus probably inspired like yo that was For crazy sure. i mixed this the crowd screamed yeah. that worked you know um oh that's that's great um yeah i i got to go on tour it was a different experience but i got to open for blink 182 uh in 2016 and i was it was similar kind of thing where uh, the drummer travis barker was like yo i want you to to be the opening act and i'm like what what am i gonna do he's like just do your thing and uh <laughs> it was similar we had it was like all north america we got to do the forum in barclays too and it was um i had to experiment to figure out because i thought oh they're gonna want this old school punk this that but i had my i remember the first show we did in san diego like it did not go good for me because i it just the, the crowd reaction wasn't right you know and yeah, so yeah, yeah. i had to adjust as i go but i know what you mean with being able to try things out. Cause then after that tour, I realized, Oh, this would be dope. If I mix this red hot chili pepper song with this Drake song and then do this routine. And, and, you know, it's a way to like really get in touch with, with the crowd and, and know what you're doing. And it's just an amazing experience. Like I, I had never done anything that huge and been on tour buses like that. I mean, it was so next yeah. level. It's, so. it's a, it's a lot. It's a tiring experience. Like going, going like 30 yeah. cities in 30 days is just like a lot it's crazy but right you definitely do you learn about crowd control you learn about yeah like, being on the mic. like <laughs> yeah on the mic for sure on the mic um and also i think presence just like overall presence whether yeah. it's on the mic or not like keeping people engaged and yeah right. i was it was it was it was for sure a different experience from like playing like coachella which yeah. is a crowd that's like there for you versus like you're opening for another artist and if you can get people's attention when they're not there to see you you won that's like the biggest like the right. biggest like success that's as a dj is getting people to dance that aren't there looking for you specifically right that's the hard thing of the opener like people are looking at you like okay man like come on <laughs> we, yeah. we want to see jay balvin we want to see blink let's go um yeah, yeah i know that that's crazy and so you played coachella I did, yeah, in 2014. That was crazy. What was that? That like? was like that year was crazy because I did Ultra Coachella EDC Tomorrowland, uh, Tomorrow World actually. It was the US version of Tomorrowland. Um, yeah, and that that was wild. It was just like the biggest festival ever. But it was also bittersweet, which is pretty crazy because like that's the point. That show was like the moment in my mind because I was I was closing the Sahara tent 
and I was oh, playing wow. opposite. Yeah, I was playing opposite Outcast. So it was like oh. the Outcast. Yeah, as you can imagine, it was like a ghost town when I first went on, and yeah. I, I, it's like the reunion of Outcast. It was like the craziest thing ever. Right. And I, I felt like on one end this is amazing. Like I made it to Coachella. Like this yeah. is like a huge, huge, huge moment. Paul McCartney was standing like right before I went on Paul McCartney was backstage. Like I think it was Martin Garrix was playing right before I was going to go. Yeah. So it was just like, it was just like wild to oh see that moment. Yeah. And then going on stage and then it's like literally a ghost town when you start, I was like, damn, like I, I need to work hard. That's like what it made me feel. I was like, this is an amazing moment. I feel like, I need to be able to do like what Outcast is able to do as an artist. If, I, if I'm very serious about being an artist right now, yeah. I, I need to work 10 times harder to get to the point where I know that when people know that I'm coming back here, that they'll be there, you know, and that, yeah. that was, and it, it was, I still ended up playing for like a couple of thousand people and it was, it was amazing, but just right. like personally, it, it made me really dig into like, what do I actually want to do with my career? And, how how do I want to build this and like what's the legacy I want to leave behind and it, that's when I started exploring Haitian music and and what I do actually it was like right around that moment right after Crazy. these like biggest shows of my career I was like I need to figure out exactly what I want to do with this and yeah it was the best thing to happen to be honest right that's so cool that's such a cool story and it just shows other people that I think have visions of artists that have quote unquote made it that there is no making it. It's just a journey and you're constantly yeah. learning around, along the way. So obviously it's a lot of these people's DJs and producers dreams to play those shows, even just to be the opener at those shows, let yeah. alone be yeah. one of the headliners and the main acts. But at the same time, like um, those can lead to the next level of things. You know, I've talked to producers, DJs that I know that have become really successful producers. And, and I remember I didn't see one of them for a while and, and he had a huge, huge hit song. And I'm like, yo, I saw him like, how you doing? He's like, I'm stressed out. I'm trying to figure out how I can make the next song bigger than that song. And I'm like, damn, I thought you'd be like, I'm so happy. Everything's good. You know, yeah. So yeah. it's, um, it's funny. Like there's, it almost never ends. There's never the level of, of that. Um, and as humans, it's hard to take that step back and sort of enjoy what's happening, but also get the perspective like you did. I think a lot of people might've just gone on that stage, took a few shots of tequila or whatever, however they live their life, you know, and just partied and been like, all right, on to the next. But I think it, it was cool that you're able to take that perspective and have that motivation to be like, and compare yourself to Outkast. You know, like, I want to do that. I'm going to make songs and I'm going to make it really from my heart and who I am. And people are going to come back to to watch that for a reason in the future. And it's not just yeah. like this gimmicky thing or, or something like that. Um, so, and your music has evolved because I've listened to that music that you made from around that time. And it was... Um, it's dope. It's very musical. It's funky. It's cool. But it is more in the straight ahead edm or i don't know how you'd want to categorize yeah, yeah no e pretty much you know yeah it's like progressive uh, house edm <laughs> exactly like progressive yeah. house probably a better way to describe it but yeah. but the most generic way is the edm word that you know everyone uses but <laughs> but yeah i think you can hear you can hear your evolution even just on your spotify page um or your beat source page um you can hear the evolution of uh of your music because it's like those songs which are cool and you can hear why people are fans of you, but then 
you're sort of like coming into your own. It's almost like that was the seed and then the thing was growing <laughs> yeah, out of it. it was. And then now it's like your new EP is like the flowers opening, like check this out. And you're like, whoa, I didn't even know this could exist. You know, like that's crazy. <laughs> and it's almost like showing where you can go from here. Like it's just like going to keep going. You're on like a crazy staircase, you know, that has no end. So yeah, like I, I, that's, it's just cool to hear your perspective, you know, from, from doing those huge shows and all that and, and how you're, you're just sort of like in the journey. You're not like, I can't, I need to do this. Once I collaborate with this person, it's going to be over. You know, I, I feel no. like that's not a, a healthy way to, <laughs> it, uh, it isn't, to look it at isn't. it. I, I was at one point, to be honest, like I, right. I have to learn it. And I think it's so important, whether it's in a career or in life, like the wisest people I ever met and the most successful people holistically successful not just like financially or career-wise yes. but like actually genuinely happy people that also right. have success they're very malleable like they're very they're very like water <laughs> like go with the flow yes. when stuff doesn't go the, exactly the way you want you don't get pissed you're just like okay it, it's not what i expected but let me let me see what the good and the bad is and let me just move on from it and it's just like I, I, I mean, I was 18 years old when I started making music like professionally. And I think having a chance to have so many experiences so young between like 18 and like 22 was the biggest privilege ever. And yeah, I, I definitely feel like I've had two lifetimes in music already. I've done this like 10 plus years at this point. And I, I think, yeah, I, th I think like that's the lesson I learned in all of that was just being able to not have any expectation that crushes you or that makes you unhappy or anything like that will drain you. you you have to be able to just enjoy life like you were saying it's like the journey it's not about like a specific angle and it's so corny it's like everybody says that and nobody gets yes, it but totally. it's, it's the truth it's the truth i know it's like, i know yeah. that's why they say it it does sound corny yeah. it does sound cliche a lot of that stuff but but it's true and like you said that's one of the best talents that somebody can have also that's why people say like when people are under in a hard situation however they react is like their true character yes and so yes um and that's not something that that is stuck with you you can work on that and you can change it over time and that's something i had to learn even with djing i remember like you said having lifetimes i had been a dj for 10 years and then i and then i started getting these bottle service gigs and get flying to miami and all these places and it was different you know and i was i would get affected a little bit by some of the things that were happening to me and and once i started getting back into that zen zone and not not letting it bother yeah. me was was that was a lesson I had to learn through that, and it's something to this day I constantly, you know, try to try to work on. And I meditated earlier today, you know, but like that's it, you it's, know, so important, so important. Exactly, you take care of like, yourself. Yeah. yeah, like you think, oh, I got to do this thing, I got to do that thing. You're not going to be able to do it if your head isn't right, or if you're reacting all crazy to everything. So um, you got to keep yourself healthy, uh, obviously, meant like physically, but mentally as well. And that yep. that's how you're going to be able to help others make good music and, and be happy. Cause that's what it's all about. Like, of course we all want money, but like being happy is the, the, the thing you want, you know, within all this. Yeah, exactly. And I, I genuinely think too, that you can have a successful, financially successful career and be happy. Yeah, totally. You just have to make the right choices along the way. And yeah. I, I do remember when I was a kid, like I would think it's one or the other, like, 
if I if I make a bunch of money, then I can't be happy, you know. And like, right, if I'm happy, right. then I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna have any money. And I was like, it doesn't have to be that black or white. Like, it actually can just be that you're you're making the best choices at the time that you you have access to. And like, yeah, you're. You, I I genuinely do think when when you are able to be like considerate of others, you tend to make choices that will make you happy anyway. And yes. yeah, it's just like it's it's possible. You can have. You can have that kind of lifestyle. It, it exists. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, what what about like when you dropped out of or when you stopped, you know, going to med school? What yeah. were your parents like? Go for it, or like, what was their reaction? Like your family's reaction? <laughs> so I'm I'm like a really pragmatic, like thought out person. I definitely a lot. You know, ten years of being an artist makes you start thinking like an artist in certain ways but yeah yeah I, I was like i was like science math very calculated in the way that i was thinking and plans and like two-year plan five-year plan and so when the music thing came up i i didn't even consider it a reality until i spoke to my biology advisor who then like connected me with the assistant dean at the school and then like the music department and everybody was like this is an amazing opportunity that you have to, to potentially do this as a career and yeah. we'll support you and we'll hold wow. your scholarship. And if anything goes wrong, you just come back. And they held my scholarship for five years, which is insane. That's amazing. And so when I, when I brought it up to my parents, right, like I had that in my back pocket. I was like, yeah. hey guys, like everything's taken care of. Like if, <laughs> right, if, this, right. goes, if this goes wrong, like, you know, you don't have to worry. School's covered, and yeah, I think that that gave them more assurance that things are going to be okay. And I still keep in touch with with my bio advisor, Dr. Campbell, <laughs> and just like, yeah, just so cool to to have them take a like just a leap of faith and be like, we believe in you, and it worked out. So yeah, it's it was thankfully a good experience. Yeah, no, that sounds great. That it almost sounds like it couldn't have been a better way to go about it, you know. I swear, <laughs> that feels like my life. I don't know. I feel like my life has always been such a a beautiful journey, and like doesn't mean that there wasn't bad parts to it, or sad parts, but it's just like right. I I just feel like where I am today is exactly where I've always wanted to be. So it's yeah. just like amazing. But it's cool. It's cool you're able to see it, and that your goal is to really give back to people and and acknowledge your the the positive things you know your blessings and then try to give them back to other people in a way you know so i think because some people might not even realize that you know that that yeah, they're lucky yeah. like that um, for sure so um what uh so like speaking of your heritage and, and growing up in haiti and then how you're bringing it into your music um can you speak on that a little bit more like what um, what are some of the genres from Haiti that you've brought into the music or some of the elements or what's the best way to describe it? I know Haiti has, I have heard, I think I heard you talking saying Haiti has like 500 genres of music or it something. Has, it has like so many different genres. And I, I think to really understand it, you have to just understand a little bit about the history of Haiti and know okay. that in terms of colonization, of the Western Hemisphere, right? Yeah. America's the Caribbean. Haiti was one of the first islands, the island of Hispaniola, which is Haiti in the Dominican Republic, that yeah. a lot of the ships, the European ships, actually landed on in wow. like the 15th century. And 
where that's why there was a lot of slave trade running through the Caribbean into the Americas. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's that location, the fact that it's in that point, that's kind of like the triangle between um, Africa, Europe, and the Americas, it gave it uh, that fusion. It's like a fusion of how many different cultures, including the native culture that was wiped out, right? Like through right. colonization. So yeah. you have all of these mixtures of African culture, Latin American culture, which was a fusion of native culture and uh, European, Spanish, or uh, Portuguese cultures, right? Like with Brazil and like all of that happening at the same time over the course of like three, 400 years before the U S is even created. Right. So you have like, yeah, there's wow. a, there's a lot of history there in terms of what culturally was happening in the country. And yeah, the Haiti as a result has all of those different places. Um, somehow they've affected the music that we have. So jazz was a huge, huge part. Like jazz in New Orleans came from the fusion of Haitians going to this to the US, right? New Orleans having yeah. the 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 like intersection of freed slaves in the US with the freed slave country of Haiti at the time, right? And then still slaves as well. All of that merging at one Crazy. point to just share the different experiences which which like the black experience in, in the Western Hemisphere is like so diverse. Like there's so many different things that happen and yeah. it's extremely like it's filled with turmoil, right? So blues, jazz, all of these genres that came from the South and came from like that, that, that combination of right. European sounds, but like really it came from, from Africa and from, from black culture. You had that. Then you had compa music, which is like our Caribbean, uh, like probably our most famous genre, I think. Um, yeah. that's, it's like, it's, it's a really danceable, like slower romantic style music, but, um, it has like the kata, which is like a kick, 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 which is the rhythm throughout the entire beat. Um, yeah. and very musical too. And then we have like rara music, which is like traditional music that that's like very spiritual, very like ritual based. Um, that's actually you can you can the rhythms that are played in each rara style around mm -hmm. the island yeah. you can trace them back to the tribes where they came from in africa which is like a whole other thing like crazy wow that's that's so amazing have, yeah it's like it's like wild and i think between those those three genres with like compa um la, la. we also had like rap creole which is creole rap um we have uh, all different kinds of bands, rock music, folk music, traditional like versions of every type of genre you can think of that exists, like yeah, classical yeah. music. It's just like, it's like wild, right? So you have all of that. But my personal like huge inspirations were Kwampa and Rara, those two genres specifically. And um, they, they both meant different things to me. Kwampa meant just the musical like complexity that existed in Haitian music and like how it, it, you could have like a guitar, bass, keyboard, um, horns, uh, like full brass group, like playing together with drums. And it sounds like that's like our pop music. But then with Rara music, which is the very like the ritualistic, like traditional music, uh, very drum oriented, that one is like, transports you spiritually it's like 
it takes you to another place. It's like right. ceremonial and very rhythmic and like very unique. And so between those two genres, I, I learned so much for different reasons. And I think I wanted to fuse the two as well in what I do and take that like the respect for the the heritage that Gaga has and then the musical diversity and like complexity of Hava music and the Caribbean feel and like put that in everything. <laughs> so like everything yeah. I make, I like I have somewhere in there influence from those two genres. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool to learn about. Like I know I've heard I've just basically heard of those genres. Funny enough, I think I was in Brooklyn in an Uber and and the driver was teaching me about Haitian genres of music and nice. and taught me more than anyone about Haitians uh, are proud. <laughs> all that stuff you were saying. He was yeah. showing me that. He even showed me the drum patterns and the different songs and because we were on kind of a long drive and I was like, I never forget that. Like it was the best, yeah. you know, thing because I was writing in my phone like genres I'd never heard of and different things and trying to shazam what he was playing because I had never even heard this stuff, you know. Um so that's so cool, you know, thanks for teaching us more about that and and then hearing it'd be cool for people to go back and hear the real stuff that the influences you got it from and then hear your music, you know. Um, yeah. And I think something you spoke on before, like we talked about that you won a Latin Grammy, huge, congrats, so cool. <laughs> Crazy, thank you. And uh, and then you also uh, work with the Grammys in some respect now, right? Like to help them yeah. um, build the uh, global side of it. Like I think I heard you say when we were talking Monday, um, you were sort of describing the difference of people's perspective on world music and global music and what you thought. And yeah. I agreed with everything you were saying. And it was so interesting to hear you talk on it because I had thought about it, but I didn't think about it in the way that you said it. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been able to work together with the Grammys on some stuff recently. And I think that as an organization, they realize their responsibility in terms of like what they have to do to make sure that they're representative of of the people listening to the music and the artists creating the music too right and um it's it's a it's like honestly it, it's a super difficult job for them like i i don't envy that process at all because there's yeah no matter what you do you're gonna you're gonna make a mistake somewhere i think but overall they just want to be more inclusive and they reached out so they're like could you you know give some feedback and like help in the process and it was, um, yeah, I think, I think they're really making efforts in that sense. And one of the things specifically was with world music, world music has always had that, like, it has that, um, connotation of being like weird or like, yeah, you know, like know out there mean. it's kind of yeah. like, oh yeah, it's like super spacey or it's just like, not, it's, it's not cool enough or it's too cool or you know like it's it always falls into these really weird right or it's labels. very like tribal like yeah it's african yeah. tribal music it's like yeah, you're calling it world music it's the exactly. whole world like what are you talking it's, about it, it, yeah. it's, it, it makes no sense like the more you it think about it the less no the less sense. it makes sense and yeah. i think in some ways it's actually kind of derogatory because it really like lessened I the agree. value um and it made it feel fringe and i think right and not in a good way and i i think that my personal experience in terms of global music was just thinking that global music is what all the artists that i have collaborated with that are like doing amazing things from where they're from like j balvin mr easy uh kahlo shirazi shalia all these people that i worked with on the project right like um 
Pablo Born, like they see themselves as global artists. They represent yeah. the countries they come from, but the music that they're making are genre bending. It's not necessarily one specific sound, and it makes it hard to classify. And I, I, I think that the the whole goal with first of all changing world to global was like let's get rid of the way that people used to call this thing and also yeah. the, the preconce preconceived like notions of what it means right to just like level it a bit and then continue making adjustments and like having way better representation so that you're not putting something from india right which already has like a million different regions and genres and sounds and languages and religions and all these different things right like you can't even just say india and that that's right. like indian music like it's it's yeah. like every every country has different sounds right so totally. like not putting indian influence music right somehow with like yeah african music which is a continent not a country and has like again <laughs> so many different so many different genres so many different right. types of languages and cultures and caribbean music in one genre and have one award for like four billion people <laughs> it doesn't make any sense so <laughs> no, i think i think crazy like, th that's that's the move right it's like again with representation and being able to see yourself i feel like i f i was able to see in certain artists like videos and and just things i was looking at when i was in haiti that it was possible to have a career in music and and like if you worked hard enough amazing things could happen yeah. and yeah i just feel like i remember like pharrell like when i saw pharrell yeah. doing uh music videos and he was singing and he was producing and i was like oh yo and he writes and i was like what like where is he from though like how is this he's making like funk music and he's making hip-hop and he's rapping like i was like so confused and amazed you know and it's like right i think seeing that seeing those kinds of successes right like seeing like chad hugo and frozen neptunes and seeing like yeah. that kind of stuff existing and thriving is so important and because of that kind of that kind of thing existing it's also like being able to like talk about it in an educated way and being able to like recognize it in an educated way and actually being representative and so that yeah, i i i really admire anybody that tries to better themselves like if you see that something is off and you you don't try to fix it it's a completely different scenario than if you do see something wrong and you try to fix it or you try and make it better and yeah. so yeah that's like uh to me that that's what this whole process was about and that's what global music versus world music is really about it's like changing that narrative really like taking it and making it into something good yeah that's huge i i think that that you explain it really well and it gives a good perspective on it and um yeah i mean you can't just classify it all in there and i think also to what you said like in this cancel culture world that we live in which i understand like some people should be totally canceled out but there's also ways to work with established organizations and try to help them if they're open to it like you said because some people could just write them off and go it's whack they're not cool with it but you're actively yeah. trying to work with them and and make it a more inclusive place and educate them and um you know hopefully make it uh, a place where everybody could be a part of it and all the cultures are represented in a more fair way and it's not just like america is pop music and you know it's like yeah, it's so yeah. stupid when you hear pop yeah. music from another country 
is that not pop music like what what that makes no sense it, you know yeah i would say global music is pop music like that that yeah the biggest songs in the world are probably like right now between latin america and yeah. and how many different artists are doing like multi-billion level right? streams and like video it views shows and just, you like, break- in the numbers yeah. like you're like hey spotify like the number one stream person probably is Bad Bunny right now. Yeah, yeah. He's not even speaking English. You know what I mean? It's like for and your company it, that's man. in America. And look at it. And he's above, yeah. you know, and then and BTS and, you know, all of these people that can come around. And, I mean, I think, you know, I give props to people like uh, Major Lazer, who I feel like were um, Diplo and Major Lazer tr- trying to do that global thing for a long time in a way um i know probably was in the beginning more like jamaican influence but then sort of grew into uh the world music and just the way that we're all connected through the internet and and the way because truly we're all connected through music that is how we communicate well if we don't speak another language we can hear the same song and give each other a look and be like i like this or not or you know like yeah. i've been in in tokyo and i am with djs that i can't talk to but i know i'm friends with them and i know we relate on the musical level and all <laughs> we could do is play each other songs and be like yes you know and that's how music can connect us and and be our language in a way yeah um yep. and it can tell our stories and and contain our history and just what you've taught us today like on the podcast i mean it's so it's huge that's so cool um and, and um so then what about um like so that, to go back to the ep that um you're putting out or that you just put out um what are some of the artists i know it's all over the place so i heard you describe some of it on the zoom call on monday and it was really interesting the way you broke down who each artist was and what they meant to um haiti and your culture and and stuff like that do you want to kind of go through some of the artists that you have on the ep and talk about it yeah definitely so every artist is in some way related to the african diaspora and that was like really important to show like if you could picture the ep as a map that you're seeing like the points on the map where like they're connected around the world yeah and um like one example is Kahlo, my neighbor yes <laughs> grammy nominee Kahlo, which is pretty amazing amazing, amazing. um she she's from nigeria but lived in new york for many years now and she's like fused so many different sounds from like pop music to hip-hop and like her style is like very iconic now i think in terms of like you were saying earlier it's like she can talk and it just already has a flow to it and it's so cool and so our song that we did together is like a fusion of like really soulful 80s house music like 80s and 90s house music that i actually fell in love with like that's what brought me into house music and electronic music it's like chicago house uh detroit uh new york just like getting the soulful vibes that were almost like r&b like records they're like sampled r&b with the house drums and so it was like taking that and then fusing it with with Kahlo's sound which is nigerian but it's actually global it just doesn't sound like anywhere to be honest yeah it sounds like everywhere so that's like yeah that was melanin um the first song and then the second song was a trazi it called love me suffer and trazi's from benin but also spent many years in new york he lived in paris as well he lives in south africa and so he's another super global artist that's been through like 
such an evolution. He was just like performing in uh, on the New Year's Eve show with Sting. He has a song with Sting, wow. which is like crazy. crazy. Like, yeah, so, crazy. so English Englishman in New York, he he transformed and made African in New York, and oh, Sting no loved way. it. Yeah, oh. and it's fire. It's like such a dope song. And we had a what? song called Soweto before. Yeah, and that like, song is so good. That song transports you to a different place. Like right when you put that, it on. That was oh, the idea. That's, that's, where this, that's where this started, I think, really. It was like, how do we take people on our journey? And our song Love Me Suffer is like in a, in a similar kind of way to Soweto. It transports you. But like, I feel like it's, it's a very romantic song. It has like a lot of R&B elements to it, a lot of R&B influence. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, the other songs on the EP, like one of them is called Baby Who with Shaylia. And Shaylia is like Montreal based, like worked a lot with Kate Trinata and like has had an amazing, amazing career. So, so yeah. much cool stuff coming up for her. Um, her Right now, she's in Ivory Coast and like some of her families, I think, from Ivory Coast, but also Djibouti. And like she's like crazy, just like super, super cool artist too. And the song that we did is like half her vibe half my vibe but like finding a, a middle ground and i think it has a lot of electronic elements to it as well which is really fun yeah and then paul bobor is a haitian artist um that i've known for years now and he the song that we did is is uh it's called oh mama and that one has like reggae haitian like rara music the the genre i was telling you about electronic music it, it like it feels like a like a festival yeah um, and and then the the last one is distemperado with um barbatukas and this is to me this is like the the fusion of baile funk in brazil and then like hand clapping and then super jazzy chords and like it just feels like brazil in the caribbean with africa i don't know it's just like its own really cool yeah thing. that one's crazy so yeah that good. one's like such a crazy club track i've been playing that one for two years now just like perfecting it but oh wow um, and it's just it's so sad because fernando the the founder of barbatukas he just passed away a few days ago he had a brain tumor and it was uh it was oh, we didn't even get to meet in person which is like so so sad but i had i had his approval and like there was him and his team were so excited for this song yeah. and so that this makes the project even more sentimental to me it just feels yeah. like there's like the memories of these people and like their stories and like everything is in this project and i just like want people to hear it i want everybody yeah. to hear it and get inspired right oh man well rest in peace to him that's a tragedy that's so sad to hear um and like you said i think the the blessing of it is that you were able to capture this sort of um historical time and and the music and and able to like have it live on forever through that at least um and um yeah that song is crazy i mean i don't know if i've ever heard a song like that period i mean yeah, it's just got yeah. the clapping and the stuff and then as a dj you immediately hear that song and you're like oh shit there's that crazy break i could take that scratch <laughs> loop it up and then put something over it because it's exactly. like a very crazy sounds like from someone like me that loves scratching like i'm like yo i could do so much with that song like it's nuts yeah i'm really happy to hear that i i used to love the song calabria by rune oh yeah um that that song was like so iconic to me and i think um that yeah, it, the, it the gave me that kind like, of feel dun, 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 exactly dun, yeah it, it gave me that kind of feel of like this is something that could be timeless so hopefully yeah. it can be timeless i i know Yo, i love it like 
Yeah. I, oh, I love yeah. it too. It's really good. And the, um, I can't wait to play it like on my stream. I guarantee people are going to be like, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> like, turn your, put your Shazam on. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah, that Calabria is like classic. Like though it almost, you can't get sick of it and you can be used in so many ways. Like I just did a, a mashup bootleg. I don't know what you want to call it. It's like more than just a blend. Cause I, I added drums and I did all this different production work to it, but I took the Afro B song, Joanna, and then used nice. those horns because it was in the same key. And like the way he was, it was like, Joe, Joe. And it like goes over the, dun, 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 the way he's like, <laughs> you Joe, Joe. That. I'll send you it to you. Like, that. Yeah. That's yeah I, I, I didn't even put it out. I was watching like um, Diplo yeah. and Dylan Francis run their stream and they were playing it. And I'm like, Oh, how'd they get it? Like, it was just, um, uh, like i think i sent it out to some people but yeah i'll send it to you after this but um i love that song too and you can just you know mix i love doing stuff like that like just that blend alone is like a mix of so many different countries and cultures just in in that one thing and i and i play it in my set i love trying to mix everything together in like a way that makes no sense but sounds good you know and makes you feel good (laughs) like you're like why is he doing that but it sounds dope those are the best. Um, it's the unexpected ones. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think that you know your your EP really um, did what you wanted to do, and also can speak to open format DJs, which are like a lot of the people listening to this podcast and that are on DJ City and Beat Source and stuff. And um, I think that everybody will find their own uh, part of it that they would want to listen to or play uh, in their sets and stuff. Um, and then as far as like working on it, like you know, we're, we're in a pandemic. (laughs) How did you do it? (laughs) Like, what was your process? Did you do this beforehand or were you making these songs, um, through the, like online or how did it work? All of them were made right before the pandemic, except for melanin. Melanin actually made in the pandemic. Um, right. well, because Kala was my neighbor. Yeah. So, <laughs> so one day we were yeah, just like, perfect setup. Yeah, let's uh let's just hang and make some music. And so she came yeah. through and we uh we were like on the roof for a bit in the summer in New York, it was like really nice and she she had a drink in her hand literally at the time which is the first line of the song yeah and she, she was like drinking my hand chilling on a rooftop i was like yo let me get the mic <laughs> let me get the mic let's make a beat and it, it was like two of i had made like a the loop the drum loop for it and i was just playing it um but i wasn't playing it for her that was the crazy thing it's like i was just making that drum yeah she was walking by and she's like yo what's this and then she just dropped on it it was it was so fun so yeah all the other ones the semperado is like I'd, i've been working on that one for like two two plus years now um right just been playing it in all my sets and stuff and yeah that's why i feel like i know that one works live because i've seen it work live so many times now um yeah. but yeah all, all of the others we like i had sessions right before pandemic started and yeah thankfully got to link up with with everybody in person right um, dope. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you did. Um, is there, um, let's see. So, yo, I, I asked a lot of times before the guests come on, I ask, um, the people on the internet, uh, like, uh, <laughs> if they have any questions and I had some people write in, um, if you want to answer any of the questions that came for in. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. Um, I usually screenshot it and put it on my notes, but uh, I didn't have time. So real light, real time phone looking right now. Let's see. Um, 
Oh, we got new ones even since then. Um, okay, let's start at the top. We got um, Soltero Bonito says, what is your favorite Haitian meal? Oh, I say the right thing. <laughs> I'm addicted to banan pizza. It is fried plantain. Oh, the best. I, I love that. I, I love, I love fried plantain. Like, if you want to distract me, you put a plate of fried plantain in front of me. I will okay. not see anything else anywhere. That probably shouldn't share that, but that's the truth. Okay, like, now I, I know. If I'm in the studio with you and I want to steal your sounds, um, exactly. I'm going to be like, yo, frying up this uh, Yeah, we got some bananas in. I'm like, I got his hard drive. Go, go, run. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, that's, a, that's good. That's good. Um, uh, let's see. Someone else, PD23059, that's an interesting name, said, um, how often does he visit Haiti and how safe does he think it is? Um, this is the longest period in my life that I haven't been back. Wow. I would usually go like three or four times a year, but with uh, COVID, it was just, just tough to travel. And yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's it's been a year plus. It's been like 13 or 14 months now. Last time I was there wow. was last Christmas. Crazy. Um, it's also, yeah, I mean, just in general, I think just travel is tough and logistically yeah. figuring all that stuff out. But right. Um, yeah, Haiti, Haiti at this point, I would always say, like, if you're going to go, you need to go with somebody you know. Like, you're visiting right. someone specifically. Like, at that point, I think it's, it's amazing because it, it's such a beautiful place and there's a lot to see. But if right. you don't go, it can be overwhelming. Like, if you don't know where you're going or you're just like, yeah. I'm just going to figure it out on the way. Like, I wouldn't suggest anybody in most countries probably you shouldn't do that. Right. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of a crazy time period plus COVID right now in general. So, right. um, I don't, most people probably shouldn't be traveling anyway. But Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Randomly, I've seen a bunch of people go to Haiti like during this past few months, and I'm like, "What are you yeah. guys doing?" There were big shows. There were like huge shows in Haiti. That's the crazy thing. Right? There was big shows. There was stuff going on. There was even some like tourism initiative or something. They yeah. were like bringing like influencers. Like I saw like DJs and comedians and random like social media influencers like on their like, "Hey, I'm down in Haiti." I'm like, "Yo, don't bring COVID. Don't make it worse down there." <laughs> yeah. They're just trying to do their thing. Like, don't, don't bring some crazy mutant disease down there and shit. What's it yeah. like? I wonder, how, is the pandemic, like, affecting them pretty bad down there? Or I don't even know. It's, yeah, to, to, be, to be fair, it's, like, it's there. But because of the, the way the economy is, like, they can't really shut down the country in the way right. that a lot of other places can because people yeah. have to eat, you know, like, people exactly. have to keep going. And, and there's not enough right. of an infrastructure to, like, properly be able to handle it so i think yeah it's uh it's a it's a really difficult time and i that's personally why i didn't travel down this this year because yeah i knew that like i miss home so much and i miss my family I but i didn't I'm sure i didn't want to add to the to the complexity of the whole situation right now right um all right let's see dj reels with a z shout to you he says what haitian or guyanese Guyanese artists has influenced your music the most. And he said, dope show, Spider. Hey, thanks, DJ Reels. Um, awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, which, um, I mean, you spoke on it a little earlier, but I don't know if you have any other things to add yeah, to that. Yeah, specific ones. I'd say 
Um, there's there's a lot. I right. I really loved what Bookman Experience did, which is like this really legendary uh, patient roots group. They they were very outspoken, but then the music was also like so amazing. It was like a fusion of like rock and rara music and like political and like it was just like really thought provoking. Right, love what they did. Um, my dad's band as well, Skandal, super inspiring. <laughs> I was going to say that if you didn't, yeah. I was like, don't forget your dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad's band for real. Like it was really inspiring, and my dad was a producer as well. So amazing. Um, I I think it just like opened my eyes to making music. And yeah. in Guyana, there's a there's like there's a lot of influence from the rest of the Caribbean and Guyanese music, and that's actually one of the things that I'm really excited about in the future. Is like a lot of the work that I've done in Haiti, I want to now be able to do in Guyana and like collaborate with like all the amazing talent out there. Um, Rihanna is uh, half Guyanese. She's oh, wow. Asian and Guyanese. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, she's what she's done is incredible. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I hope I can like, I, I last time I visited was like eight years ago or nine years ago, but it's such a beautiful place too. And um, yeah, I want to, I want to continue to work with as much of my, heritage and like my people as possible because it's just so amazing yeah that's dope um let's see the next one they asked me to if they could remain anonymous so uh and it's kind of serious one but um i don't know if it's a guy or girl but they said uh what are your thoughts on colorism colorism and how it has affected life on the island i think that that's a real thing i think in any country that has a diverse group of people like you have different shades of black people different shades of white people asians like there's there's going to be a form of like racism within the 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 group and i think yeah in haiti there's there's a lot of historical precedent for that when you think about colonization and you had the colonizing people like the french or the spanish or Portuguese or English or wherever it was, right? That that came into these countries, yeah. With slaves that were pulled from Africa, right? F- ripped from their homes, and then like all of the psychological and and like crazy things that happened over the court, like really horrible things. Not even yeah. like death is one thing, and then everything else that happened during slavery is like it's so tragic and so so like misunderrepresented or like it's just like not talked about it the gravity that what it really was i think and yeah. so yeah i think i think colorism exists and and specifically in haiti it exists too and i i just think people shouldn't be scared to be able to talk about race like properly like be able to discuss it so that we can resolve any sort of like misunderstandings or like being able to address why certain things are the way they are right and like yeah. why do why do people look at light skin like in some way as being better than dark skin and when it it doesn't have that like any intrinsic value greater than the other right so like i think it's uh it's something personally that like as i've worked with so many so many artists now and like have really dived deep into my history into my country and everything i'm doing it's it's something i don't want to ever avoid like i want to be able to talk about it and um, part of it too is representation again right so like i'm mixed right so i my family's black white asian um i have like a bunch of other mixes indian like we have my i'm very mixed in the way i look like i think i don't yeah traditionally haitians are dark skin 
or you'll have Haitians that are like European uh, descendants or like some Haitians will have like Asian descendants. Like it's, it's very like diverse in that way. Um, but I, I think that my, my voice and my, my experience and my story is particular to me and I, I don't speak for everybody. And that's so important for why, like, I want to collaborate with other people that don't look like me, that I value their opinion. I value what they bring. I value their, their entire experience and want to have that at the same level as, as mine so that you can have more representation and people feel heard and seen. Right. And like, I'm not speaking for anybody else. So I think as a DJ, I always felt like I have, I have a platform and as a producer, right? Like I get to work with other people. I don't sing on my own stuff. So the, the, the words you hear, right. And like what you see on camera, I'm very rarely going to be in videos that I do for, for songs I write. Cause like, I want to have other people's stories be at the forefront. My goal with that and always has been to be able to share those stories. And that's also for melanin, right? Like these are very diverse stories. Like everybody's background and experience is different. And I think it's so cool to have them talk about what they want to talk about. And yeah, that hopefully you research it. That's also why I wanted to have each song be a collaboration. And it's not yeah. just like I'm just taking your vocal and just dropping it on it and like, see ya, like maybe you'll get a deal, maybe not, you know, like right, maybe you right, pay. Right. like I made I made sure everything was like split down the middle. Everybody benefits from it. It's like really fair to every single person. It's equitable. Like that's what I believe in. And I think in response right. to colorism, I, I think that a lot of those issues that that come from colorism come from lack of equity and lack of having an actual even playing field. And yeah. I, I as as an artist, as a business, as like everything that I want to do, I want to make sure that like everybody that I work with is properly represented, is treated fairly, is like yeah. is heard. That that's like that's that's my core of who I am. Right. Yeah. No, great, great answer and approach to all of it. And, and a a good way to be approaching like the music business part of everything and trying to make, put everyone on the same level and actually collaborate. And and it's not so selfish. Like maybe some people are just like, I got this feature and this is going to lead me to this. And you know what I mean? I I like your, your approach to it. Um, um, all right, let's see what's next. We could go to the complete opposite kind of question. Um, <laughs> Dope It's Domino says, what, what's his favorite kind of cheese? <laughs> Ooh. <sighs> My favorite kind of cheese. I like brie. A fancy Brie's cheese. Like I like, I like a brie. Uh, but I also just like, I don't know. I like, it's bad, but I, I like like just sliced american cheese like, i don't know I it's know. like it's, it's so bad yeah it's good but it's like <laughs> it depends know, what you do just, with it <laughs> exactly exactly you, so like with a burger yeah and then with i mean with like yeah. crackers and like wine fruit <laughs> i'll take a brie yeah okay okay we got brie with the high class on the burger we got american i know man these fucking cheese questions are really <laughs> They're trying to get you. They're trying to bring you down with the cheese question. Exactly. <laughs> Domino, what you doing, man? Um, <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He was trying to set you he up did. with that. He did. Um, <laughs> um, all right. There's a couple more. Uh, let's see. Um, my cross is my blessing said, do you have an inexpensive alternative program to make beats and record music? 
What do you, well, before you answer that, what do you make all your stuff in? I make everything in Ableton. So okay. that's like my go to. I've been using it for right. literally 10 years, 11 years, whatever, since I started. Right. Um, but I actually have used GarageBand on the phone, yeah. on like iPhone and iPad. Yeah. And it's surprisingly good. Super and I, I think, good. I, I agree. I showed my son, like, he had to do stuff and I'm, and it was so advanced. They had the loops in there and, like, yeah. so much dope shit. I'm like, if I was a kid and I had this, it would be crazy game over. Like, you have so many options. You could record, you could do, you could learn everything that you need to do and then graduate to Ableton later. But GarageBand um, is on every device right and and it's it's I fire think, and the, the you could plug in midi keyboards and stuff into your ipad or phone and yeah you can even have like bluetooth connecting connections and i think um if personally i think there's always a way to use the program you want to use like there's trials there's yeah. like the the lower f- priced like less featured one that you could test out and see if you like but i i think i've heard hit songs made in GarageBand, I've heard hit songs made in Pro Tools in a giant studio. I've heard stuff made like all audio, right. literally just like finding a beat. So it, it really is just like the inspiration you have and don't feel like you're limited to use any specific program. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and there and there's free ones. There's like Audacity, like if you need yeah, to yeah. just do audio editing, it's like an open source program. So, I mean, I think, you know, uh, to this person like they could just look up like free ones but yeah garage band audacity there's things like that and then if you if that becomes your thing yeah you could use demos you could use light versions you know i think nowadays too there's like rent to own so like you could get a plugin that's eight hundred dollars or sixteen hundred dollars and pay 10 bucks to use it for the month you know with splice and stuff like that yeah, um, it's pretty so, epic. Now is the best yeah. time to be a producer, I think. Right? So I remember cool. I used to have to get a hacked version or cracked version or like pay $1,000 just to have some crazy plug-in, you know, and now you can like rent to own, see if it's something you want. Like, so there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity. Um, all right, there's a couple more. Someone else wants to know if you have any up... Oh, Moran B wants to know if you have any upcoming projects with J Balvin. Yes. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah, let's go. That's all I can say let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Next. Um, yes. Look out for it. You just made that person very excited, and I'm sure a lot of other people. Um, and uh, let's see. Last person on Instagram said, "Chats with Caroline. Are you over the EDM vibe and want to continue with the Caribbean Afro sound?" Um. So I'm not over the EDM vibe. I never have been over the EDM vibe. I just right. I just wanted to make music that I love and yeah. am inspired to make. So right now, this is what I'm making. But I'll drop this. I've I've secretly had a project for like four or five years that nobody knows is me. And I've been putting music out and it, it's pretty successful, surprisingly. And wow. so now I've been able to do that. And it's in a very different genre than what I do. So um yeah, I, I make I make music that people probably wouldn't realize, and um, that's so dope. Yeah, it's been it's been cool. So I, I make a lot of stuff. It's not this this project is specific to me. It's like very personal, but 
Um, right. I'm I'm multifaceted. I have like a lot yeah. of interests, and then like I love making music. So that's I, crazy. I make all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So you, so you could be listening to him, and you don't even know it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, that's crazy. All right. Last. Uh, let's see. Someone on Twitter wrote this morning, and she said, "What is one of oh um what is, what's her name." I can't always pronounce Twitter names because they come off. I don't know like where the break is in it, but uh, Loose Berry. I hope I said that right. Sorry if I didn't. Um, what is one of the greatest obstacles you faced in the music industry and how have you overcome it? Hmm. That's a big one. I know. That's one like a huge One question. of the greatest obstacles. <laughs> um, I, I think transitioning between making the music i was making right like being known for electronic music playing yeah. in clubs doing that kind of stuff and then making completely like different style of music that doesn't necessarily always work for like playlists or doesn't work for uh getting bookings and stuff like i think taking that risk and following through that was a really big obstacle because i had to just trust my gut and be like i'm doing this because i know i have to do it like i'm not just i'm not just like doing it because oh yeah here's the next thing for the day like i i right. felt like deeply i have to do this and um it makes you doubt yourself sometimes because you're like whoa i probably will not get booked for festivals for a while because i'm going to be making music that's completely different than anything that they have and partially like i started my own like whole festival uh shows and stuff like produced them and did a bunch of stuff right. through that right like because i was like yeah i know that this is going to change my entire business it's going to change everything that i'm doing my career but it's for the best and i yeah yeah that was i i don't think obstacles like by definition are supposed to crush you right like an obstacle if you overcome it it makes you a stronger person a better person a, yeah um and so I, I definitely think that i became like more well-rounded, more experienced. Um, I believed in myself more. Um, and I also felt like more in my purpose doing yeah. what I'm doing now. So yeah, that, that was a tough one. Switching everything up, like leaving med school was one. And, yeah. and then like, this is, that was another one. And I think just restarting, not being scared to restart is a big obstacle. And, and if you're able to do it, you definitely get some amazing rewards in the process. Yeah. And now of all times to restart is a great time. Um, yeah. you know, and it's not like you've erased the other stuff you did, but it's almost like you're evolving into this. And, and like you say, festivals, I know a lot of festivals are based around DJ and EDM, but there's tons of festivals that are not that I'm sure your exactly. music could yeah, get yeah. booked at. You might, for all you know, be on a way bigger stage at a bigger thing, you know, like yeah. that you never even anticipated. So, um, and I think you've shown that even since the beginning of this conversation, how you were saying, you know, as you do, as you do these things, uh, people you wouldn't even ever think of want to collaborate with you and want to do things and things you never pictured. So hopefully this EP is a launching point, you know, for that. And then going from here, it's just going to keep, keep growing. Exactly. And honestly, like, I think one of the best moments of my entire artist career that yeah. I can think of was like, the festival shows I was telling you that I started doing and like block yeah. parties and the concept was called bio. And so I literally produced it 
got funding like i went to meetings to get funding for it and like book the artists myself and i booked flights and hotels and like dj'd as well and like so i saw it start from like 10 people 20 people 50 people 100 to then i in 2019 it was a 10 city tour and like the there was one show in particular that was like i was like wow i like really had to stand there and just like be like yo this is crazy we sold out brooklyn steel in new york which is like 1800 tickets yeah. Um, I brought out I brought out Maxwell as a surprise what? guest, as Crazy. a good friend, and like brought him out on stage. Like everyone was like losing their minds, and it was just like that show sold out like three, four years, five years after everything that I I like experienced. Right, having to switch up, basically restart and get to the point where like there was a successful tour, and then there's like something where all my friends that i'm seeing like we're working together and we're seeing the success like play out live and yeah um like doing exactly what i love that was that was like one of the best moments ever and i i feel like that to me is what that's the feeling of success is like you have the combination of things going well in the business side things going well creatively you're happy you're with friends like that was it that was the best moment that's so cool i love that um yeah that's what it's all about man that's like why you're why you're doing this you know um what um just on some uh technical stuff before we get out of here um when you're in the studio like oh well actually are you in the studio working with people now are you still doing things like remotely it's all zoom um unless somebody's actually yeah if somebody's in new york uh, or my neighbor (laughs) then we'll link up yeah but it's uh it's been pretty it's been pretty good with like facetime zoom talking through ideas sending beats back and right. forth sending vocals um it's been that's been fun and yeah i am excited to go back to like regular studio schedule though i, I love working in person i think it's the most effective right. way to make music so just also on some like nerdy dj stuff um do you have like what's your favorite setup like to dj on i know you come from the dj background so are you on like cdjs or a controller yeah. or turntables C- or what, what? C- cdjs um i've been using pioneer decks for like literally the beginning of when i started djing and yeah. um pioneer's actually been really supportive as well which is awesome so shout out pioneer thank you for all the love Dope. and um i have i have like the at home set I, I i need to remember the name of it but it's like the d ddj i think it's like a yeah. it has a sound card built in it has like the, it looks like two cdjs and a 900 mixer right um, but it's like one unit and it's it's awesome like i love using that thing because it it's uh it like feels like you're using cdjs but you don't have to actually have like all three put them down set it up i know like, it has all the up. buttons and everything like to it me does, i love yeah. having all the cue points right down there and be able to loop and and that's the cool thing about the controller sometimes it's like it's all built in i know like you know the industry standards having the cdjs but they almost feel old now when you use the the controllers yeah. because you have yeah. like so many cool features and pads and um and, and all that yeah, that's, it's awesome. That's it's XDJ. Dope. That's what it's called. XDJ. Okay. It's super XDJ. awesome. Yeah. 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 Shout to Pioneer. I mean, they're constantly coming out with dope new shit. I just got the S11 mixer. It's like, I love it so much. It's like re inspired <laughs> me just to come up with cool scratches and different ideas and be able to use a mixer in like a whole new way. And, um, uh, you know, and they were, and you can do four decks all going at once and just crazy, 
it's, crazy it's technical sweet. nerdy dj stuff you know yeah <laughs> um dope well yo um you've told us so much like we learned so much about you and and we're so excited about the ep thank you um before we get out of here do you have any um kind of words that you want to leave us with maybe for up and coming djs or producers or anybody out there listening um before we get out of here um well first thanks so much for having me it's great to chat and like yeah love to see that you're you're doing this and like bringing a lot of really cool people together so i appreciate yeah, that thank and you yeah the sure, kind words course. man it means it means a lot um no it's for, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's for sure like i don't i wouldn't just say that like i would just be like sounds good but so like, <laughs> I, tr- I truly i respect what you're doing and i really like it and i think that um you know help more people hear it i'm sure a lot of people do but i i don't know i've i have a good feeling that you know you're just going into a whole new place so yeah i i'm i'm a fan for sure thank you thank you and i i think like for anybody listening that like you're starting out or you're like in a rut you're in that point where you just like need a little bit of inspiration yeah i actually think it's it's good sometimes to take a step away from what you're doing Mm -hmm. and like what you were saying earlier right like meditate sometimes like yeah take take a breather like take care of your mind take care of your body don't be scared to ask somebody for help if you need help you know like if you don't have to be stressed all the time like that was a that was a huge realization in my life was like understanding that you're you will feel a lot of emotions in your life you'll feel happiness and sadness and anger and everything in between and it's actually okay to feel any of those things and you'd be able to process it. And I, I think that in doing that and in giving yourself the time to just be well, you're so much more creative. You're so much more effective in your work. Like you're, you enjoy it more. You're, you're more fun to be around. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's like, you're more fun to enjoy yourself, like your own company. So I think right. take care of yourself. If you're ever feeling stuck, like it's okay. Like the music will still be there. Things will still be there. You can always come back to it, but make sure that you're good, like physically, mentally, spiritually. And then, yeah, just go, go crazy. I want to hear like send music. If you guys, like anybody produces too, like feel free to send stuff on Instagram or whatever. And I'll, I like checking out stuff and seeing um, what everybody's up to. Yeah. Dope. Amazing. Yeah. Those are uh, very wise words, I think. And um, yeah, it's, it's exactly what he said. I agree. Um, <laughs> because yeah, you, you don't, you know what I mean? You, you just want to be, you want to want to be around yourself. Like you said, you know what I mean? You'll get yeah. to a point where you're just like, I don't even like this person, but they're following me around. Cause myself, you know, like, yeah, exactly. like, it's like you can't get rid of them, you know? Yeah. You can't get rid of them. I mean, my wife says that to me, uh, you know, my wife has all these, I don't know, sayings that I don't know where she gets them, but she said to me recently, like, wherever you go, there you are. And I'm like, yeah. that's, ah, that's true, you know, you know, because, I like because yeah. I was like, we need to go here, you know, or I need to, we need to fix this up or move, or I gotta, I gotta change up this, you know, and then she's like, you need to take a second and think and look, because you might want to change this and that, but it's still going to be you in that place, you know? So wherever yeah. you go, there you are. Like you can try to get away from yourself over and over, but until you handle or take care of the things inside yourself, you're just going to be following yourself around with this person you don't like. And you're going to be wondering, you're going to be blaming it on every other thing around you until you realize, wow, I need to work on things in myself. And then, like you said, other people are going to want to be around you. You're going to enjoy life more. You know, you're going to yeah. be able to get in touch with 
with your purpose, you know, and stuff like that. Um, rather than just worrying about every other little thing. So yeah, that's the truth. Hopefully this helps some people out there. And um, yeah, Michael Brunn, the 20 podcast. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on the show. You. And um, everyone go peep his stuff on BeatSource or on every other you know place you can get it i guess it's everywhere right all the streaming sites yeah and, it's on um, everything you can you can find it everywhere and let me know what you think melanin ep some of my favorite music that i've worked on uh yeah yeah i'm just really proud of it so hope you all enjoy dope all right thanks for coming on the podcast we will we'll see you soon for sure okay peace all right. Thank you to Michael Brunn for coming on the show. That was a really great conversation. Like I said, I learned so much about him. I'm so excited to see what you guys think of his EP. And uh, for anyone that's just learning about him, uh, I'm glad that we were able to introduce you to Michael Brunn. And for all of his fans, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'm DJ Spider. Like I said, hit me if there's anything I can help you guys with. Any topics you want on the podcast, any guests, anything like that. I'm on Instagram. Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S P I D E R. Don't be afraid to send me a direct message or same with on Twitch. I'm on Twitch as DJ Spider as well. Uh, the 20 podcast is produced by Beat Source. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. Peace. And that was the 20 with DJ Spider.